When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to a special edition of the Love Tennis Podcast. Yes, it's a midweek special under the lights. Not often that we get called into action during the week, but uh, well, it's been quite busy, um, and not just for the man who does Riley Apelka's hats. Uh, it's been much busier for the man who does Novak Djokovic's visa applications. Um, I don't think I need to introduce the story. If you've missed it, I'm not quite sure where you've been. Um, we asked you for your questions on Twitter. Lots of you have been in touch. I think the best thing for us to do today is to go through those questions. Uh, to try and answer them as best we can and, and talk about exactly what all of this means. Novak Djokovic, the visa, the exemptions, the Australian border force. They're just words I didn't think I'd be saying in a story this year. Um, I think maybe the best place to start is is with um, Akin Boy Clan 67. Uh, Adi Akinbi, as his, uh, his moniker is. Um, tennis players are meant to be role models. So surely Novak must have known that there would be significant noise. How could he play at the Open if his team did not apply for the correct exemption? Amateurs, question mark. Doesn't feel like a question, more of a comment, but um, it's as good a place to start as any, George. For kind of context, the suggestion is that, um, and, and this has been reported quite widely in Australia, that Novak was stopped at the border because he he turned up with a visa that didn't apply to him because he had a medical exemption. Um, he had a visa that would have applied to him if he had a vaccine uh, rather than an exemption. And that is kind of what triggered this whole investigation that has now turned into a lawsuit. George, it does seem extremely remiss of Novak either not to see this coming or not to deal with it you know, in advance. I think the, th- the biggest mistake Novak made first and foremost was announcing to the entire world he was travelling to Australia with an exemption. Like genuinely, if he turned up in Australia, he probably goes straight through the border. I just don't believe there would be this massive furore over it. They'd have sorted this visa out within half an hour. Been like, oh no, that you've handed the wrong paper over. We'll let you in. 
He turns up. He then carries on his line about never revealing if he's got the vaccine or not. People probably just assume he's been vaccinated. Doesn't have to do this exemption in the first place. Um, sorry, doesn't have to reveal this exemption in the first place. So he, he kind of, I suppose the first point, he made a rod out of his own back, really, um, by just announcing it. And obviously it's uh, a fairly lengthy flight and this all hit turbocharge. And I've got a little bit of a, a degree of sympathy with him in, in the sense of, okay, this exemption has gone through some independent medical panels. He's been told he could come into the country. Um, there's clearly some political point scoring going out there between the federal government and the Victorian government. And, you know, Tennis Australia may not have read the rules properly. Um, although whether you believe they were actually told exactly what rules are right or wrong or whether this is all one big stitch up from the federal government, you, you, you choose which narrative you want to follow. I mean, this whole story is just so remarkable. And I don't have much sympathy with Djokovic because the, the simple fact of the matter is if he was vaccinated in the first place, none of this happens. So while there is a lot of acting in bad faith, a lot of bizarre strands of this, at the end of the day, get jabbed. This doesn't happen. Yeah, and, and that was exactly what Rafael Nadal said today. He, he said that he does feel a bit sorry for Novak, but you know, if you get the vaccine, he doesn't have a problem. And that, and that was exactly his words. I think a lot of people feel. Um, just to kind of stick to, to Addy's question, specifically about the kind of paperwork cock-up. I mean, Calvin, you've obviously travelled all around the world with tennis, and you know, part of your job or, or a player's job is, is to kind of deal with this stuff, isn't it? I guess it's quite a big part of the job, working out what you have to do to get into various countries. Yeah, especially over the last 18 months, um, it's been way more than than any other time. And some countries have been really strict on it. And some countries, it's like, some countries, I think, have been too strict because it's almost like you think the purpose of it is that they're just making sure that everything is on board and that kind of thing. Whereas you've been to some places. And, I mean, I've been to Australia and I, I'm loath to defend Novak Djokovic, as I'll talk about more later. Um, but... There is always a feeling when you go to Australia in general anyway, and I know from people who are over there now that they actively don't want to let you into the country. So they're trying to find ways for anyone not to come in. And I think that, that that's the feeling. But I think as George touched on there, I, I don't think Djokovic particularly helped himself by spending the last two months to basically without full-on going with it he was basically let everyone know that he was going to try and find a way around the rules. Um, and when you do that, then, and you're the most famous tennis player in the tournament, maybe the fam most famous athlete, maybe, I guess, one of the top five most famous athletes in the world, you're, you're, people are going to be looking for you. I don't know why he didn't just, like George said, if he'd have just kept quiet and maybe, um, maybe just sort of, not answered anything or maybe just said, yeah, I'm going to be there. I've, I've reason to believe I'm, I meet the criteria. I don't know what the problem was, but he was basically saying that he was going to try and find a way around it. And if it is as we're led to believe that he's had COVID, I just don't know why two months ago when these questions first started being asked, why he didn't just go, I've had COVID. So I think I'm in the clear anyway, but I just, I just find it so strange the way he's gone about everything. And my main gripe, sorry, I'm, I'm going on a bit here, but my main gripe is that when we talk about, I think the question there mentioned him as a role model. And I was thinking today, the medical exemption is supposed to be if you can't have the vaccine for a medical reason. Yeah. Whereas it seems like Djokovic 
hasn't used it on that basis. He's he doesn't have a medical condition that means he well he might have we don't know but he's always made it clear privately or to people around not in public but he's made it clear he has no intention of getting the vaccine for other reasons yeah so he's not it's not like a case where the, the, the point of the medical exemption is that you can't have the vaccine that's what it's supposed to be there for mm. and he's always been saying that he's not having the vaccine but he can have it as, yeah. as far as we know so this is just sort of when we're talking about role models he's trying to find a way around the rules he's trying to find loopholes and it just doesn't sit right at all yeah, I mean, I was going to say exactly similar. That you know, there's not really a timeline you can look at with Djokovic and think this is a deserved exemption. If it if it was that the six month rule, I, I don't like that rule particularly anyway at this stage in the pandemic. But you could say the scientific you, backing for it is very flimsy. Very flimsy. But you could say, you know, for example, if you were from uh, a less affluent part of the world and you literally didn't have access to the vaccine and then you had COVID and you were advised not to get it within that time, then yeah, that's maybe a way around you can do it. But we know Djokovic is certainly not in that category. We know he doesn't, as Calvin says, have any intention of getting it. I mean, the, the other interesting point about this exemption that's kind of a, a, a watching brief, I suppose, is that we know people have gone in with the same exemption. Um, yeah. And they're obviously being retrospectively looked at because <clears throat> to, to kind of, I suppose, to hit back at this challenge that this is entirely a political move, um, which, you know, I, I think we suspect there is a decent amount of uh, politics involved here. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where that come, whether that comes back. We, we don't know who these players are at the minute or how many there are. I think, I think they said it's just one other player and, a, and an official. Uh, I was going to say that, that they said there were 26 applications for the exemption, I believe. And then the only, everything I've said, and it's clearly a deliberate ploy, they've said a handful of players um, have been allowed through. I mean, in the top 100 people who aren't vaccinated, I can name two. Can anyone name more than two? Tennis Sandgren and Novak Djokovic being the, the two concerned. Yeah. Uh, Tennis Sandgren, incidentally, didn't um, travel. He wanted to, he looked to see if he could get a medical exemption, found that he couldn't, and so he, he didn't travel. Uh, Pierre Ugrizerbert, the I mean, his doubles player, essentially, and model, um, he hasn't been vaccinated and, and hasn't travelled. Um, so, you know, there are people who, who are finding that the, the vaccines are, letting them the lack of vaccine i should say is is damaging their chances now um let me move on to another question uh, addy does add in a second post can you guarantee your australian open 2022 report will not be dominated by the above event i will make no such guarantee <laughs> i would like to think that when we meet again in well the australian open starts in 11 days time so two weeks from now and we maybe do a mid first week pod we might not be talking about this. I think it's pretty inevitable that we will. Um, so I apologize, Addy, but I can't make that kind of guarantee. Maybe we'll have like a trigger warning at the beginning and be like, this podcast may contain some traces of Novak Djokovic. Um, let, let's move on. Uh, I suppose there's a couple of questions kind of along similar lines about, about the future. Um, do other tournaments require, this is from Melissa Church, Mel Church, do other tournaments require medical exemptions if unvaccinated? If yes, how will Novak and other players get around this? If, as is suspected, he is saying he's had COVID in the last six months to gain the exemption, that would be difficult to use again. Um, I can kind of answer this to a certain extent because I've written something about it for the I newspaper today. Um, I've spoken to a couple of sources around 
Wimbledon, um, just kind of looking at that tournament for this year. Uh, the intention is not to have any extra layers of protection at Wimbledon this year, as far as I understand it. The, the current plans from the people I've spoken to um, would suggest that they're going to just use the government regulations as their regulations. So currently that means that Novak or any unvaccinated player for that matter um, would have to do testing before they arrive, testing after they arrive and do 10 days of quarantine in London after they arrive. Now, obviously for a tennis player, that's uh, creates some problems with practice. He's going to have to find a private house with a grass court in the back garden of some sort of decent standard. Calvin, I think I asked you this earlier and you're pretty, pretty firm in your response, but I can't imagine that house exists, does it? Unless he rents the whole of Queens. No, I'm, I know some places around, maybe not in London, but I know some places like in Oxfordshire, Kent, where there are some pretty nice houses that have some pretty decent grass courts. The problem with grass courts, and won't go too much into it, is I say this all along, it, it, this is one of the reasons I think it's a joke surface, that unless you've got somebody um, maintaining the grass courts year round and specifically doing it, rolling them, lining them, that kind of thing. Grass court gets out of shape pretty quick. So even if you've got a gardener who works on a grass court some of the time, all year round, it still won't be a very good grass court. It needs mm. to be pristine flat, and that's just so difficult to get. So there are some houses that have grass courts around, um, pretty decent grass courts, which you could, you could in theory do. But as I pointed out earlier, we, we sort of, when we were discussing it, those they're not sort of holiday homes. They are where people live. Mm. Um, and you'd have to shell out quite a bit of money to get people to just move out of their house. And the thing is, with the people that own those houses, they already have quite a bit of money. So, yeah, there's, um, there's a kind of different economy you're functioning in, like people who have large houses in Oxfordshire with grass tennis courts. Um, yeah. yeah, there is one. The, the former chairman of Barclays lives not far from my mum in one of these incredible houses with a grass tennis court and a swimming pool and all sorts of things. The only reason I know that is because there's a public right of way that goes straight through his grounds, which is obviously a historic footpath, and he can't stop people walking through his house. So I quite regularly do that walk when I'm around there, just nose around. Um, George, what, what about other tournaments? Um, I know that the France, the situation there is potentially changing in the next couple of months. Um, what's been the kind of reaction, something about Italy and tournaments there, that things are going to change there? Yeah, well, I think on the day uh, Djokovic flew out or announced he uh, had got this uh, supposed exemption, Macron was coming out and say his plans are to annoy anti-vaxxers. So I'm pretty sure... I think so. Fr- the French speakers will tell me that the verb was emmerder, which essentially oh, oh, yeah. means covering shit, um, <laughs> which is it's not exactly presidential language, is it? No, but pretty amusing nonetheless. Um, yeah. So... You can imagine. I, I, I think, again, the, the point is with this fiasco here is it almost puts a lot of pressure on the other slams in many ways. Like this is now, you know, Boris has come out, Boris Johnson, the UK Prime Minister, has come out and supported Scott Morrison um, in Australia today. You know, it'll be interesting when it comes around to Wimbledon if, you know, we've kind of mentioned there that there'll be no special exemptions for Djokovic, but the, the fact it has blown up so much yeah. for him has will apply pressures to wherever else he wants to go. And, you know, Macron's come out and said he wants to make things awkward. Uh, the US are being pretty pretty awkward for pe- normal people trying to get there at the minute mm. um, who aren't double jabbed. Um, and yeah, oh, There's an ATP ruling today, I think. Yeah, so there's a bit of stuff about... In, 
Italy and the restrictions there and how vaccinated players will have to run around with a card showing they're vaccinated and will have special privileges that unvaccinated players won't. Um, I mean, look, it's not going to be easy. I think there's going to be a real... We don't know if Djokovic will get in or not yet, and I should still hammer home that point. I think we've said this many times about Novak that he always always just seems to find a way to bounce back from the dead, and I'm sure he's got some pretty good lawyers on the case right now that might might somehow find his way in here. Yeah, Um, just just on a point of order there, for people who don't haven't been following this story as granularly as maybe we have, his court case has been adjourned to Monday morning, 10 a.m. in Australia, which is about 11 p.m. UK time. Uh, on Sunday night. Uh, he initially applied for an injunction, a stay of execution, if you like, to stop him being deported. They're not going to execute him, um, just for the record. Uh, and so he will His stay in a... Are. Huh? His dad thinks they are. <laughs> we'll come on to Mr Djokovic shortly. Um, he will be staying in a detention hotel in Melbourne, where a lot of asylum seekers have spent a lot of time, um, where there was a candlelit vigil earlier today, remarkably, for Novak Djokovic, the multimillionaire forced to stay in a four-star hotel for a couple of nights. Um, but yes, his lawyers will fight the visa decision on Monday morning. Um, I will not be staying up on Sunday night to follow that one live on the blog. Um, l- l- to think of other Grand Slams, you mentioned the US there, George. You mentioned the French, you mentioned Wimbledon. Um, a question coming from Adam de Vries, which is kind of adjacent to this. Um, just how much does this knock Novak's reputation? He's never been one of the most well-loved, well behind Roger and Rafa. So just how much damage will this do in terms of the public's perception of him? Um, Calvin, I know you've got strong feelings. Uh, yeah, I know Adam as well. He's a good lad. Um, but um, yeah, um, I don't know really, because I think people seem to have already made their mind upon him, don't they? Um, in general, he's got his... As, as all three of us know, he has his very committed fan base, um, to put it to put it lightly. Um, if, and in the same way that the Pope is a bit of a spiritualist. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and there are then there are people who don't really care, um, and then there are people who don't like him. And I don't think anyone it will change any of that really. What it has done is um, it, it, people are talking about it. I mean, I, I played football last night in Barnsley um, with, and the opposition team who we played against, who I know were pretty, they're, they're no-nonsense lads. They, they, like to keep, they like to stick the foot in. And as I walked <laughs> past them, when I was walking towards uh, the football pitch, they were talking about Novak Djokovic being in Australia. And I don't imagine that any of those are tennis fans. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... I don't know if it changes anyone's opinion on him. I mean, there's the people who think he's a bit of a twerp and then there's the people who think he's a freedom fighter that I've seen a few times today. Um, although, as I've said, I, I don't really see who this benefits other than him if he wins this battle. just means he gets to play in a tennis tournament. He isn't... My mate raised the point earlier on it that like he's not even making a sort of argument against the rule whether we think that's a fair rule, if, if we're going to be completely balanced, whether you should be allowed to, to play if you're unvaccinated. He's not fighting for tennis tennis players as a whole. He's purely fighting for himself to be able to play in a tournament. He benefits if he wins. No one else does. I mean, it's funny because last week uh, we were talking about tennis perhaps can struggle to sell itself and get it 
get itself out in the kind of public psyche. But there's no sport quite like it when it kicks off like this. It picks up the most bizarre stories and, and it just runs with it. And, and Djokovic, I think really, if you look through <laughs> through the pandemic from where we've started to where we are now, he, he has to be by far and away the most interesting athlete of pandemic times. I mean, he literally threw a tournament where he, which was a COVID spreading event in the height of the pandemic. He came back, twatted a ball at a ball girl, <laughs> a ball kid and got disqualified. A line back judge, George, come on. Line judge. Sorry, excuse me, line judge. The ball kids weren't there, were they? Um, he then retur- returns, completely dominates the tour, like no one's been able to do for the last 40 years. Gets to the final hurdle, Burst into tears when the crowd have finally given him love for the first time in his whole career. And now he's pissed everyone off again. <laughs> and I mean, it, it, it's, just it's stranger than fiction. It really is. I mean, you, you wouldn't write a film like this. It would be absurd. Like, it would just be completely insane. I, I wonder if, like, if you're a fiction writer right now, do you just give up? Because you're like, the universe has become too weird. I can't possibly write stuff that's more weird than this without going full Terry Pratchett. It's, it's just insane. Just to kind of follow up on, on, on the, the other slams, um, it's from Rugby Posts 1000. I don't know whether he he's actually or she is actually a set of rugby posts um, made sentient. <laughs> um, it, 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 look, look, I'm ruling nothing out at this stage. There's a lot of things that have happened in the last two years that I didn't think would, and they have. Um, if the other three slams follow suit, unlikely but not impossible, as we've discussed, could Jack Djokovic be stranded on 20 slams? I mean, this is this is a valid question, I think, because if we do get to a situation where all the tournaments say, look, you get vaccinated or you're not coming in, and let's face it, the world feels like it's slowly moving towards that, even Britain, this great harbour of libertarianism. I mean, Djokovic is going to have to get vaccinated or he's not going to win another Grand Slam. Yeah, I mean, you'd think so. Then which, I guess the French he's going to have to be, isn't he? Britain, Wimbledon, he won't. The US, do we think he will? Yeah, from what I... Yeah, I think they've been pretty... Debor- I mean, the US right. border notoriously tight at the best of times, which kind of comes back to the whole point that, like, the Australian border is not fun. It's not fun for anybody. You ask anybody who has yeah. travelled to Australia, it's a difficult place to get into. And it's yeah, not going to yeah. change. They're not... like. COVID's going to be around for a long time. That was the case before COVID. Yeah, as well. You you know, they are an for a country that relies so heavily on tourism. It's maybe the hardest place to go on holiday um, (laughs) once you've landed. Um, But yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me though if we have this whole thing again. This is how we operate. This is the thing. What I find most crazy about this, you'd think that this would have been like months in the planning or weeks in the planning to get this Australia thing through, and it should have been. You would again, if he had a medical condition, he would have known about it a while ago. If he had COVID, he would have known about it a while ago. So I don't know why we seem to. It, it, this has all happened. Remember, like three days ago, he wasn't. We didn't think he was going. Mm. Like, it wasn't like I think George said it. He was eighty-five percent sure he wouldn't be playing on the last pod that we did. So, um, and and then that it's says all more about again. George than anything else. Let's face it. <laughs> I don't know what percentage I am now, by the way. I'm still um, probably around 85. I don't think it's a sensible time to be expressing percentages. <laughs> it's it's not a it's it's one of those situations where very occasionally I ring up a friend of mine who works for a sports betting syndicate, and I say, uh, "Oh, what you know? There's a game on tonight. I'm thinking of having a bet." 
And sometimes he just says, there is no bet. Like, what do you mean? It's like, it's a done deal. There is no bet. This feels like a situation. There is no bet. There, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if we have this all the time with him because, as you guys were pointing out there, like the since since last year, the, or since the pandemic started, the chaos that has surrounded him. But he, I think he thrives on it. It's always this chaos with him all the time. You can't do anything like you can imagine if I mean I don't think Federer or Nadal would have done it, but it wouldn't have gone like this. They just wouldn't have. It wouldn't have panned out like this. They tend to like to keep everything away, but he seems to play up to this. I don't mind saying it, this weird, mad fan base that he has mm. and, and just sort of rile them up. Um, I think there's a chicken and egg thing with the fans. I think people who have become fans of Djokovic have done so because they recognise this kindred victim spirit um, or whatever it is. Um, and it's worth kind of maybe talking about the, the Serbian national angle here as well. Um, you know, I, I don't know many Serbian people, but one of the things that's kind of consistent to all the Serbs that I've met is a absolute fierce national pride, um, which is fine, and there's nothing wrong with that. But be a belief that that it really is the world is against Serbia, um, and and there's all, all no no doubt all sorts of reasons for that. But there's a very strong belief in the country that that the world's against them, and it kind of, I mean, Novak Djokovic's father has has maybe has maybe embodied it better than anyone else, and and. I don't say that Novak Djokovic's father speaks for all of Serbia here. That's unfair. The man is clearly an absolute lunatic. Um, he said, this has nothing to do with sports. This is a political agenda. Novak is the best player and the best athlete in the world, but several hundred million people from the West can't stomach that. Um, his mother said Novak is Serbia. Serbia is Novak. They want to clip his wings, uh, but that we know how strong he is. Um, his father also said that Jesus was crucified on the cross. Uh, now Novak is being crucified and they're doing everything to him. Uh, the Serbian president has said that he wants to do everything to see the harassment of the world's best tennis player brought to an end. Um, Serbia will fight for Novak, truth and justice. I mean, th- this has become nothing to do with tennis all of a sudden. It's become a geopolitical issue. Um, and let's not forget as well that there are... Well, it's anyone's guess, but at last count, 160,000 Serbians living in Australia. It's one of the biggest diaspora anywhere in the world of, of Serbians. You know, th- this is, and, and half of them seem to be gathered outside Novak's hotel in Melbourne. This is a huge issue for not just a person or a fan base, but a country. I, th- I think if it's going to go down that route, though, if it is going to come between a diplomacy issue, then it can't go on like it is because one of two situations has to play out. Either, either, Everything that he's got, his documentation is legitimate and the Australian um, border control should be letting him in. There's no question. And they are just using his publicity stunt or it's not legit. And the Serbians are encouraging the Australian border control to let him through anyway, under circumstance that no one else has let through. Mm. It, it, it's one or the other, isn't it? I don't see as there's a grey area or a matter of opinion in this. Yeah. They seem to have been quite specific in what you have to have to get into Australia. And he's either got it or he hasn't. We don't know whether he has or not at the minute because all we're getting back is rumours. But I would think if it does get to that stage where the sort of, um, if the if the, the parliaments of both countries, the governments of both countries are getting involved, then we're going to find out. And somebody is going to look pretty bad coming out of that. Yeah. I mean, George, who do you think is going to come out looking bad? I mean, everyone, presumably. No, no one's coming out looking good. I mean, I don't actually know if this is a possibility. I'm just spouting a further 
potential. Spitballing is the technical right term, I think. Is is it possible for him to go into hard quarantine for two weeks, get rid of the public health issue there, and then they take him on to court and back like they did kind of last year with the bubble? I mean, isn't that uh, that? I mean, can you imagine? I mean, the the, the boss would be mu- the bus would be mobbed. Uh, I I don't know what courts they'd let him practice on. Uh, I mean, the judge in the trial did ask whether the hotel they were going to quarantine him in, or sorry, um, detain him in, had tennis courts, which I thought was interesting. Um, sorry, Calvin, you had something to say. I was just running there because I know it's been mooted uh, around that he could, in theory, still get the vaccine. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, and, and play the tournament. But then I was thinking, can you imagine if he doesn't win the tournament and has the vaccine? Yeah, imagine we, what we would all be rooting for him to win if he gets the vaccine now. <laughs> yeah, because if, if he doesn't win it, then you know he's falling around on court. And and the given the that... given the way anti-vaxxers treat any evidence that might confirm their bias, yeah, Novak did win the tournament having had the vaccine. We would have to assume that the vaccine gives you Grand Slam winning powers. It's the yeah, only yeah. only answer. Um, I mean, there's been so much going on, and we we could spend an hour on this and, and we may yet but um th- there's a few other bits that i want to bring up uh, jamie murray was one of the early people to talk about it because he happened to be in a press conference not long after it broke uh it, it was quite funny actually it was a british team atp cup press conference so all five of them were in there including team captain liam Brody, who as soon as the question was uttered just disappeared into his hands and went redder and redder and snorted away and jamie kind of I think they all knew that Jamie was going to have an opinion and they were quite excited to see how much of it he was willing to express. And he quite simply said, I know if it was me, I wouldn't be getting the exemption, which I think is probably sums up how most players feel. Alex de Manure said something quite similar um, as well. Medvedev was saying that he shouldn't be allowed in if he has a medical exemption and obviously not if he should be allowed in if he has a medical exemption and obviously not if not, which is just kind of the obvious thing to say. Um, some Aussie fans talking about boycotting the tournament, which is obviously um, quite extreme and, and won't happen. But is there any chance? We've seen fisticuffs at tennis before in Australia, and I believe that involved Serbia as well. Is there any chance we get an actual fist fight at a tennis match this this January? Honestly, if he somehow gets in, which you know I'm refusing to rule anything out at this stage because yeah. it's pointless guessing. But if he does somehow get in. And in that first match, can you imagine the atmosphere there? I mean, on the one hand, you're going to have these fervent Victorians who've been living in the most lockdown city in the world, really, Melbourne, you know. I think it is. I think it officially has been the most lockdown city in the world. Versus, you imagine, a large stronghold of Serbian support, many of whom might might well have been at this crazy vigil outside this hotel, which is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life, frankly. can you imagine putting them in the same stadium? One end starts booing, the other end... I mean, not not to mention as well that, like, and, and this is no slight on Australia or the Australian Open, but it's a boozy event. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it, people get boozy and it's it gets rowdy. Yep. It, and I, imagine Djokovic v Kyrgios first round. I mean, it oh, could, my it could goodness. be amazing. It could I be mean, absolutely astonishing. I mean, it, that would be the next twist. We, we absolutely... Can you imagine Kyrgios takes Djokovic out in the first round? I mean, honestly, it's not. Who is, so who are your other who are your other dream first round draws for Djokovic? Murray? I think Murray would be very funny. Um, 
yeah, I, someone who's been in quarantine, Sebastian Corder is currently in quarantine because he tested positive on the plane over. So that I mean, that would be quite funny. If you got Murray or Kyrgios round one, I'd love to see someone like Channel 4 trying to pick that up again. I mean, that is a, <laughs> an absolute box office considering what's going on. I mean, that would do figures beyond belief. And then if you're the scheduler, you can't put it on at night, right? Like, if you put it on at night, you are asking for trouble. But can you not put the, you know, I think I think you have to, like, in terms of, like, proper scheduling what you'd pay for kind of later sessions normally. I, think if, I mean, honestly, if that first round draw comes out, I might be getting a medical exemption and heading out there. I'm <laughs> joking. I've had three vaccinations and I've had COVID. I'm the most immune man in history. Calvin. Um. Yeah, he, I mean, I'm just thinking that if he gets in, and I, I still think he'll play it. I still think that they'll... It's just such Djokovic, this whole thing. And I realise it's, it's it's extreme Djokovic, but it's the sort of thing that happens. And if he gets in and he plays the tournament, it's just everything's tailor-made for him. Just that the riling the crowd, half the crowd hating him, half the crowd cheering for him, and he'll be behind in matches. And it, it just suits him to a tee. I'm... I'm certain he'll win it if he plays it now. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say, how are you feeling about your prediction at the minute? Yeah, 100%. This, is like, this has increased the likelihood that he'll win it if he gets in. Like, <laughs> you can just imagine it. He's two, like, sets, down, he's two sets down to Lorenzo Mazzetti. That's, that's where he is at the moment. It just <laughs> yeah. so happens that he's in a four-star hotel in Match Melbourne. point down to Federer, I think, at the US Open when he whacked that. <laughs> he's uh, he's just torn his ab. <laughs> that's where we're at his abs in two pieces um, we, we haven't got long left and I, I don't want this extra podcast to be a, a full whack so I, I do want to cover a little bit of tennis if no one minds uh, anyone who follows me on Twitter will know that I tried to talk about tennis in our WhatsApp group earlier today and I was <laughs> greeted by indeed and yes um, having had hundreds of messages about Novak early in the day um, Ash Barty took on Coco Goff in a fine match went to three sets uh, Ash Barty won Goff looking a little nervy at the end, I thought, just not quite able to get over the line. Um, she did have points for a double break in the second set, actually, so it certainly was hers to lose to an extent. Um, Naomi Osaka has picked up a couple of speedy wins as well, albeit she dropped a set to Elise Corne, who, of course, has got giant killing form in Australia before. Um, I thought, I mean, I don't know, I kind of went without much of a ceremony, but I thought Iga Shontek beating Leila Fernandez 6-1-6-2, George. It's a bit of a... Not a seismic result, but maybe a little a little warning sign that Iga Sviontek's on one. Yeah, I mean, Sviontek's capable of that. <clears throat> um, she thumped Pliskova, didn't she? Love and love in the finals at Rome, possibly. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, she. we've said this time and time again, Sviontek, in terms of talent, game, and kind of, you know, sometimes when she's at it, mentality, she, she should be really one of the absolute dominating forces on the tour. And I suppose uh, the stat I keep pulling up in the last few weeks, I promise I will stop using it at some point, but in terms of dominating the women's tour at the minute, she is the only one who made it to the fourth round of all the slams. So yeah. she is showing more But she did also lose top. three times in the fourth round yeah. and the yeah. other time only got to the quarters. So, But um, she, you know, that's a great start for her and hopefully this will be a big year for her, although I don't think any of us predicted her to win a slam, did we? Maybe James <laughs> had her for the first Calvin, you're someone who who's had your eye on Iga Shontek for a long time. If that doesn't sound too unusual, um, hardcore to me, the way she plays is the natural fit, isn't it? 
think she's just good on all the courts. She's she's got the the entire all the game. I would say the probably the, the one that would suit Elise is is maybe clay courts, but she's one of the only slam on clay courts. But she's just such a good all round player. I don't think I can see her being. She'll definitely be world number one. I think um, it's a matter of time, and I think she's going to be pretty tough to beat when she's added that little bit of maturity and. Um, I think one of the things is already that that all the matches that even the matches she loses are all on her racket. Mm. There's very few who tend to beat her. I've still not seen anybody who you think they've completely outclassed her. Basically, the matches she lost last year, it was because she dropped her own form. And yeah. once she irons those things out, I can see her being very strong. Yeah, I, think I would just hate her to have. I'd hate her to have like what so far has been Arena Savalenka's career, where yes, almost every match Arena Savalenka plays, it, it's hers to win or lose. Um, unfortunately, the, the very biggest moments too often been lost, but we shall see. Um, it, it would be remiss of us to end without mentioning Riley Apelka, um, not because he's done anything particularly of note other than um, getting in the way of a bird defecating on his head. Now, that in itself, quite funny. Uh, he then needs a new hat. You may remember Riley Apelka has been in trouble a couple of times this year for having logos too large on his hat. So he couldn't find one where the logos were too small. And of course, Riley Apelka hasn't had a haircut in a while and is physically unable to play without a hat. George, how on earth did he resolve it? Um, I, I believe he was given a smaller hat. By someone, um, a tennis, I think it was an Australian Open hat. Um, but he was struggling to get it on his head, which is... But surely that's a time violation. If it's like, I can't play without a hat, it's like, well, that's your problem, mate. You, you should have a hat that you're allowed to wear. I think there was a there's quite a good video that I was watching earlier of, of the incident where the umpire's telling him to just mop up the poo with a towel and then put it back on his head, which yeah, maybe that's fair enough as well. It's only on the outside of the cap, is that big that big an issue? I don't know. Yeah, I, I reckon I, I just got on with it to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Riley Apelka spent a lot of time recently not just getting on with things, which is the main problem. But um he, he will be getting on with proper tennis. Uh, in the next couple of days, no doubt. Who knows? He might even be a threat. George, any parting thoughts? Oh, well, I think we've, we've spoken as much as humanly possible about Djokovic for one night. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.